Hello and welcome to a Sunny 16 podcast extra bonus special episode. Yep, we're back for yet another week of another podcast. Who knew there was so much going on that we'd have to squeeze more than one episode out into the week. But here we are. Uh, here to help me with co-hosting duties on this important squeezing is... John! Hello. He's waving! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how's John? it going? Uh, good, thank you, dude. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm all right. It's a pleasure to be here on a Monday morning seeing your bright, sparkly <laughs> said, face. Said nobody ever. Well, there's a good reason we're here today, um, because as we mentioned on last week's podcast, one of our favourite companies had an announcement, and this seemed like a great excuse, frankly, to just drag them on here and have a catch up, because it's two of our favourite people. I'd delight to welcome them back onto video for the first time again. should mention this up top. This is going to be on YouTube as well if you want to go and watch this rather than listen to it. Welcome back to the podcast, Michelle and Matt from Ilford Photo. Guys, welcome back. We're glad to be here, even if it is a Monday morning. <sighs> well, you're brightening up our Monday morning. I think it's very safe to say. I always, mm. I'm always confused, actually. I always introduce you guys as being from Ilford Photo, but I suppose technically you're from Harmon Technologies. That's the correct answer, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't fit on John's lovely photo frame. For, so Ilford Photo yeah, I probably is probably should have got, got a different logo, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great to have you back here. It's been... Well, I suppose the last time we spoke to you was at the launch of the Multigrade Deluxe. Um, that would have been the last time we spoke. The Multigrade Deluxe, the ortho film, uh, which actually we were just looking at the ortho film because I've got a box of it here. Um, there we go. My ortho film, which we were just talking about. Imagine that's the right way around. Is it on your screen? Oh, it is yeah. on that one. Um, yeah. And uh, what else was it that came out at that time? Oh, you had the um, reusable cameras, the reusable plastic cameras. It was a lot. There was a lot going Our on. Patterson kit as well. We had the, and the um, Ilford and Patterson film processing starter kit. So given everything that, that went on, and that was only uh, not even a year and a half ago, I don't think, because it was October 2019. Um, yeah. I, we thought... It'd probably be quiet for a while because that tends to be the way it goes. But no, you've dropped on us last week a new announcement um, of the new, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong, gallery paper? <gasps> no. Portfolio <laughs> paper. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the paper? Portfolio. 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 Oh, well, listen, you if you're not going to give things simple names, then of course I'm going to get it wrong. Um, you just call it Portfolio. The portfolio paper. Okay, not gallery. You do have a gallery paper as well, though, right? Or did you have a gallery yeah, paper that you're not? The Ilford Brom Gallery is, a fiber, is one of the fiber-based okay. graded papers. I've been looking at a lot of paper lately. I've been spending a lot of time in the shed looking at papers on the internet. Um, that's why I'm a bit confused. We will talk about the paper in a little bit. But before we do, um, let's have a catch-up with how the last 12 months have been for you guys. I'm guessing same old, same old. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a, a tough, long, challenging year. I think personally, professionally, I think as a as a, a business, you know, it's. I think well for everyone, you know, it's been. Yeah, can't swear. It's kind of, but it's, it's it's not been great, has it? <laughs> so, Did it, am I right in saying that Ilford had to close down? during the first lockdown um, we, we didn't i guess we didn't technically have to um we we made a decision um at the start of the first lockdown to close um well to, to some areas to stop production basically because what we wanted to do the, the cases were rising it was still very unknown 
what was going on with the world, the pandemic, etc. So we made a decision um, to temporarily shut production. I think we shut for six weeks, eight weeks, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is the, the longest we've done it in many, many years. But obviously, in prior to that, we built up a, a stock of a product so that we could keep things moving. The warehouse kept going throughout this period as well, as did mm-hmm. the core team, Michelle kept the social media and the website up and running as well. So, yeah, we, we kept this pudding. I was so lucky. <laughs> lucky one, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we kept um, the, the business kind of going in that way, but we stopped production for, for a short period just to, you know, keep people at home. Um, but since then, production's actually been going fantastically well. You know, it's it's been running smooth. The danger that... You know, you turn off these old machines and you just don't know how they'll react to going mm-hmm. back on again. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's been very smooth, very performing very well. So, yeah, since then, since probably first week in June, I think it was. It's. I think it was really well organised as well, because obviously they brought back everyone they needed. So the engineers came back first to make sure the machines yeah. were working. And then so it was a phased return as well. So everything was done bit by bit to make sure everything works. What orders have we got? We're starting to generate back orders. We had to build back up production to make mm-hmm. sure the stock was out there. Because one of the things that we found um, as a business is a lot of people turned and took the opportunity to process their own film, make the first prints, mm-hmm. and do things they've not done before. I mean, you must have seen Matt's video that he did. On, if not, mm-hmm. I will send you the link. Matt's yeah, no, you video i've got outtakes too which i'm not happy to share. <laughs> yes please <laughs> we definitely needed to see them yes they're more embarrassing for my son than they are for me in fairness no, that's what bigger not. parents are all about <laughs> yeah we found you know people were were taking the opportunity they were processing their own film they were they were having a go where they'd not perhaps done it before and they were enjoying the results you know they were going out with the kids and doing some prints in the gardens because we had all that mm-hmm. well when i say we i mean you had that glorious weather i sat here and watched my other half in the paddling pool with a beer and the kids while i worked mm. which <laughs> it's it's worth noting actually that as you guys as people can who are watching the video can clearly see you're both working from home and michelle you've been working from home continuously throughout this whole thing um matt uh ilford used um the pandemic as an opportunity to see how it would feel if they did fire you by furloughing you for six weeks <laughs> yeah and, and they couldn't cope so they, they brought me back as soon as they could uh, i think it's i think it's worth saying one of the things that um also happened during that site shut down effectively and, and what what need to happen is that they used the we as a business used it as an opportunity to make the, the factory COVID safe. So we put in lots of measures from temperature checks to um, all the floor spacings to, you know, working bubbles to all of those sort of things. So the site from when we opened back up again and when we started phasing people coming back on the site was a COVID secure environment, you know, and, and even now um, we, we've had very, very few cases of staff that have actually had COVID um, and none of them have been, you know, on site at, at that time. So the, the site, you know, it was a necessary measure to ensure the kind of protection going forward and it, it worked very, very well. Yeah. Um, Michelle, you were mentioning about the fact that when uh, you were busy working, but everyone else was out enjoying the sun and a lot of people were furloughed, a lot of people were maybe printing for the first time or developing for the first time yeah. and making the most of it. Um 
when you closed the factory down and you obviously felt like, well, we've got enough of a buffer zone here to keep us going throughout, was that the case? Was there actually any impact to the stock lines going out? Because I, from chatting to Paul, it seems like there actually may have been a bit of a dip because <laughs> demand was higher than expected. <laughs> a little one, yeah, yeah. Which is why we ended up, we opened up sooner mm. than a lot of places did because, yeah, we were seeing the demand. Yeah. And it's obviously a balancing act and obviously our exec team and that we're continuously looking at those numbers and balancing at what point we need to reopen manufacturing against everything else that was going on at the time. So, yeah, there was, there was a slight dip and there was definitely um, some of the others in our comm team and that that were working, were, were managing the stock, shall we say, to make sure that everyone got a fair shot at it and we didn't let anyone put a huge order in and take everything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, hopefully end users, customers didn't see too much of a of a, an impact we know that um obviously our dealers distributors would have noticed it more than anybody else but we didn't hear a lot from end users saying i can't get this product or and what we did as well as we put together with the help of our distributors um and our retailers we put together a list that's still actually on the website where people could get the products online mm-hmm. if they couldn't get in shops because a lot of our retailers whether they're in the uk or around the world went to either doorstop deliveries or pick up on collection only. So we wanted people to still be able to get hold of products, mm-hmm. even if they couldn't go to their local store and go in and browse like they would do. And we're still adding to that list. People are still, you know, as places, different places hit lockdown around the world, we're still getting other names in and saying, oh, can you add these that are in Australia? Can you add these that are here? Or, mm-hmm. Which is great because it gives people, for one, it gives people other places they can buy from as well. It gives them more options in their local area. Yeah. That it means consistent supply as well, hopefully. Whilst we're on the subject of um, supply and especially worldwide supply, I suppose the other big question, which is particularly important to ask at the moment, is how is Brexit affecting your stock going out across the world? Is that having an impact? Um, I think from from Brexit, we the, the Brexit deadlines have, have moved constantly, so. Through, throughout every kind of stage of Brexit, we've been in communication with our distributors um, internationally. And I think it's, it's one of those that before the, the various deadlines, you know, we we'd kind of made sure that, that distributors were prepared, that they'd increased their orders or that it was shipped prior to those deadlines. Now, obviously, those deadlines were then pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But again, you know, it's just something else that we were managing towards the, the tail end of last year to ensure that um, you know, distributors around the world were, were kind of equipped because it wasn't just impacting European distributors. It was the availability of um, the, the ships, the, uh, the lorries, you know, and various other things. So it was making sure that they were well prepared. So we've been working with them for, for a long time now. So we, we've not seen a, a, a major impact or had much in the way of, of feedback um, that there's an issue. And as things are looking now and looking forward, are you fairly happy and confident with the way that the supply chains are going to work going forward? It, I know there still seems to be quite a lot of unanswered questions and uncertainty around that stuff, but are you? do you feel like you're in a pretty good place for continuing to supply people's needs? And I suppose an even more important question is, are end users in uh, other countries likely to see much of a bump in price to Ilford products because of the new stuff? I mean, it's, it, yeah, 
Well, that's, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's very early to tell. Obviously, you know, there's always going to be teething trouble at the, any sort of change, and we we hear it kind of anecdotally from from dealers or partners or others that that ship direct to customers. Um, we, as I say, we've not noticed any issues so far. But as I say, I still think it's relatively early days now. Um, we would like to think that there wouldn't be any price hikes put on but again you know that they wouldn't be coming from from us if they right. were but you know we'd like to think that things will, will kind of be very smooth as part of a transition for, for customers but we, we don't know i was speaking to um someone from a different company in our industry the other day um, and they ship direct to customers in europe and i know there's issues with with import tax and that and various different things so you know it, it's too early i think to say but i, I would like to think that so far so good yeah i have to say selfishly i'm very glad you're based in the uk um <laughs> because uh you know you we, we are seeing the impact as um kodak it has had difficulty getting stock in you you look, go looking for kodak films at the moment and they are in short supply sorry have you not heard of them swear words <laughs> 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 Not on a Monday morning, Graham. Come they, on. They make the batteries. You're familiar with Kodak batteries, right? I've got a pack of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, suppliers from outside the UK, it has been, it's been half of them getting stuffed in, stuff shipped in for various reasons. And so it's, um, so you guys have kind of got in the UK at least a bit more of a open ground for getting on, which is nice for you guys anyway. Um, with that in mind, now we're what uh, tw- nine months on from when you guys went when the factories opened back up. Is all stock production now back fully up to speed? Everything moving through, are all lines well sorted? Yeah, I mean they have been since the start of June. You know, as I say, when we went back, um, the, the machines have been working very well. I mean they normally do anyway, but you know old machines can have thieving troubles. But yeah, they've been working very well. So we we've got no. Of issues in that regard. Mm-hmm. Even the new the new product, the portfolio is coming through. That'll start. People will start seeing that around the world as the distributors have ordered it, and it starts mm-hmm. shipping. Out. Some of the lines are in stock. Some of them will come through in the next week or so. Yeah. So it's not like the ortho that was out of stock when it was launched, and then rapidly came and went straight back out. We're still producing the portfolio at the moment. So any orders that come in for that, anyone that wants it needs to get their orders in with the dealers and. The distributors will place the orders on us and they can get fulfilled in this first make for it mm. can we talk about the ortho for a minute here because i i just happened to flash up a packet of it before we start recording uh saying oh look i've got a load of film here and um you guys both clearly love the ortho film so how has that been because that was that was the big thing when we last spoke the the paper was very exciting for people like myself and john doing printing but for the majority of people, the new film was the thing. How has the reception been? How have the sales been? And how are you enjoying it in particular? It's so good. It's, <laughs> it's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, it's, it's my new favourite I love Ortho. It's my new favourite film. I took it um, in the summer. I mean, I tend to... Matt uses a bigger variety of films than me. Um, I tend to stick to the... I've always been a fan of the Delta range. I like the FP4, but... Also, I put it put it in the um, camera. I think I'd loaded it in the own 10 thinking, well, I'll see what I get. Put a yellow filter with it, and I love it. So I've shot 
a good few rolls of it since. I don't think I've actually loaded another roll since. The only problem I've got now is I've got a roll of also halfway through my camera. Another again, today's not a bad day. And obviously it's been a bit dull and miserable. So I took it out and shot some snow. So we'll see what happens with that. But it's just, it's beautiful. And Matt, you've shot a whole range of different subjects, haven't you? With it? Yeah, I mean, uh, both. I mean, in terms of how well it's done, it's done very well. You know, when, when we announced it, I think the trying to do another black and white film, you know, and have something different is always going to be hard. Now, this was obviously an existing sheet film with a different application. It was meant for technical film copying. It was used in the medical industry and science. So, you know, this was um, something that potentially a bit of a gamble as to how well it will be received, but it's been absolutely brilliant. And I mean, as people have been using it, the feedback has been great. Michelle said, you know, she uses it a lot. I use it a lot as well. You know, I, I like it. I've shot many different subjects. Um, so, you know, I think it's just the way that it, it handles, you know, reds or, or those sort of darker oranges and reds is, is something that you can really play to. So as long as you know the kind of the, the strengths and limitations of the, the film and what it can do, what it can handle and what it does well, then people are getting fantastic results. That's portraits cool. well. I've seen a lot of people shoot portraits with it yeah. and they're, they're getting some really beautiful results yeah. mm. you know i mentioned earlier graham i think you know if you you have a look on um shoot film like a boss the youtube channel uh, roger's youtube channel he did a comparison of shooting i think it was across two so a, a panchromatic film alongside ortho and he did a portrait of his daughter and she had you know, bright red lipstick and it really kind of made the eyes pop it made the, the lips stand out and it made a much more striking portrait than a panchromatic film so i think understanding what the film can do and where the strengths are is great but i mean i've used it um, in, in good light as a general walkabout uh, you know film and, yeah. and i love the results i've got from that as well so you know i, I think when we launched it we 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 almost said it's great for, for landscapes or things without red. I think we were probably being a bit too harsh, really. Oh, you, know, right. yeah. you know, I think it, it's got a lot of applications. And the other thing actually worth probably pointing out is that next week, or this week, sorry, we're going to be launching a dedicated ULF for ortho. So typically when ortho is made, it has to be finished very soon after manufacturing so you can't necessarily leave it as a master all you've got to convert it um so what we're doing is is launching a, a dedicated ulf there'll be a separate ulf you keep uh, saying ulf in- matt do you want to explain what ulf <laughs> is <laughs> sorry yeah so th- this is an annual campaign that we do um for different sheet film sizes and, and sometimes even different roll sizes that that people can order well they're, t- they're, they're made to order so you go through your your participating dealer or distributor and then those orders come back to us compile and then we make those specifically so it's something that we kind of only do once a year and we do that for the three other sheet films that we do and we normally do it spring summertime i think it was yeah, delayed last true. year um, but this year you know because of the way that the cycle runs for ortho it's been run as a separate campaign to the um the delta and, and hp5 films that we've got so yeah, so it's worth if you shoot sheet film and you want to try ortho in a non-standard format. So if it's not four by five or eight by ten, then look out for this um, and get your orders in. I think they've got to be in by the end of February to stand the chance of being made. 
So um, is there a place people can go to to easily find out where they need to get in touch with people to do this? Is there a page on the on the website for that? There will be. She says, write in a note, add a page to the website. Good. Yeah, that, sounds, that sounds like it'd be a good thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. As I said, I have yet to actually muck around with it. I've got this role here, and it's now way to be shot. I was interested, though. I um, I had some sheets of old ortho film from another manufacturer whose name shall not be mentioned the yellow one um and i was doing a bit of reading up on it to find out about just general using it developing it etc and i was interested to find that it was like people said oh this was popularly used um by people uh, like for things like um taking men's portraits and stuff like that because it you know it really brings out the more of the ruggedness in the faces if you've got a bit of red in there and stuff like that so it's this it's a film that i think was a widely used part of the tool bag for a lot of different reasons back in the 80s 90s 70s but we can't forgotten about it because it's just not been available um have have you seen an increase in the popularity of the sheet film with the rise of the um roll films as well has that suddenly pushed that to front of everyone's mind yeah i think so i mean it's as i say this sheet film has always primarily had a technical application so if you're copying your negs for example to make a backup of your negs um or in, in science or in, in um the medical world so it's always going to have that primary application but we've certainly seen in sort of four by five eight by ten you know an increase in demand in mm. that as well and i think it was a point that we never we didn't particularly push either until we launched in the 35 mil and the 120 roll formats it was a product that a lot of people didn't weren't mm. aware of no. yes unless they'd used it for one of the more technical applications. So just by making people aware that it exists, mm. there's obviously an increase in demand yeah. for that. John, have you shot the author at all? Mm. Uh, I've shot two rolls of 120 in it, um, just in the local woods. I am kind of ventured beyond kind of my usual trek with it yet. Um, yeah, I loved it. Like, particularly, actually... I do have a print here. Um, so this was printed on the MG5. And just, I don't know if people can see, but the detail in it is is quite stunning, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah like, so that's a really, that, I found that's a really nice combo. Yeah, the ortho on the, the MG5. Yeah, it's a very, very sharp, fine grain film, you know, as you'd expect at that sort of speed anyway, but it, it really kind of can help you know, like John said, bring out a lot of those those details. So again, you know, it's a perfect film for, for printing as well. Mm, that, that was going to be my question: was, is is it a good film for printing? Because I suppose that will lead, as which John answered, yes, clearly, very much good with the new MG Deluxe. Um, which brings us on to the let's talk about the new product launch. We've put now put that off long enough. So uh, I'm going to let you guys tell me what the name is again. Portfolio, right? <laughs> Nailed it. RC portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that bit out, John. Edit it into the beginning when I say gallery. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. See, I'll you... put it on screen for you so you can actually just read it out. That would be that? helpful. <laughs> um, so this is very much following on from last uh, 2019's uh, release of the new formulation for multigrade so um tell us what this is and, and why we should care as you said at the start i think sort of um 16 months 18 months ago so october 2019 we brought out 
multigrade RC Deluxe, um, which a lot of people call multigrade five because it's the fifth generation. Oh, so it's um, and, and what we've done with that is redeveloped the emulsion completely. So from the, the ground up, so um, better deeper blacks, so better D max, better spacing within the grade, especially in, in the mid grade, smoother spacing as well. Yeah, exactly. So th there was a lot of features that we kind of brought in, and we also made the the tint slightly warmer as well because to separate what was multi grade four from the cool tone product that we had. So. You know the, the feedback that we had on that was fantastic so what we wanted to then do is take some of the the applications from that and apply it to effectively what is our premium product so portfolio is um a lot like multi-grade rc deluxe but it's on a double weight base so it's a thicker heavier premium uh, product so that's effectively what we did so last year between shutdowns and lockdowns and various other things that our R&D team are working on, they, they kind of um, set about trying to do that and, and that's what we launched. And I mean, the, the feedback is, has been fantastic from, from the launch last week, you know, really, really well received. I think those people that have seen it and tested it already really like it. You know, what, what it does, and I think there's a, a video from Lena Bessanova that, that kind of summarizes it quite well. She tested against multi-grade RC Deluxe and multi-grade 5 portfolio and then against um, our 5 Classic paper as well. And what you'll see is that the sort of tonality between the three is, is very, very similar. So it it has different uses, different applications. So your general printing, if you're, if you're kind of wanting to determine the, the best exposure times and various things, you would do it on RC Deluxe perhaps. But then if you want to then do your final print on heavyweight portfolio paper or you want to do it on on fiber you can easily step between them and apply the same development times and various things or, or same exposure time sorry that's so and, it's, uh, yeah and, and i think that's that's worth pointing out how valuable that is because the cost difference between the multi-grade rc and the premium papers is you know it's a chunk they're what about twice as expensive something around there aren't they that's nothing to you Graham. You, you've got <laughs> i'm rolling in money yeah uh, i bought uh, i spent 15 pounds on some 20 year old ill for speed that's where i'm at with my book <laughs> um but yeah so the fact that you can find your settings do all the work you need to do on the cheaper paper which is still a lovely paper i think it's important to that's beautiful make paper i mean it's it's still our you know probably our best-selling paper it's, yeah it's very very popular um you know and this isn't designed to replace it this is designed to to complement it mm. you know it, it's you know if you were a student using this or you're a professional you you might do lots of prints on on rc deluxe but then if you want to hand one out to a client or you want to print one frame on whatever else you, you might do um some you know or your end of year submission if you're a college student you might do it on portfolio for example mm. it, it just has that, that kind of that more premium feel to it yeah. you know it's just it, it handles better but the, the kind of the key benefit then in, in that step up process if you don't have the wash times that you'd have with a fiber paper mm -hmm. it dries much flatter straight away than that it's um, much easier to print yeah you don't have to you've not got the dry down as well obviously when you're printing fiber you have to allow for that shift in tone as, a, as the paper dries and mm -hmm. that isn't 
the same with the portfolio. It's, it prints like a resin mm. and it has all the benefits of a resin with the quality feel of the fiber. So it, you get the best of both worlds with it. Yeah. It is. It's, it's a really nice paper. So does the, does the portfolio, let me get the terminology right, the portfolio MG5, does that respond in the same way as the deluxe M MG5 regards toning? Terminology all wrong there, John. But uh, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's so simple, John. RC Deluxe, sorry. <laughs> all our products follow a, a, a naming convention. So you've got Ilford Multigrade, and then it's either FB or RC, and then they would either have cool tone, warm tone, or if it's the kind of the neutral tone, it's either Deluxe portfolio, or in the case of fiber, it's classic. Simple. Got it. Oh. My, my head works And it follows the traditional, you know, the, the pattern of one, two, three, four deluxe. Wait, hang on. <laughs> deluxe two? Yeah. Deluxe. I mean, and, and just to kind yeah. of put that under there, we, we did that primarily because way before kind of our time, when when Classic, FB Classic went to um, from generation four to its generation five, someone somewhere dropped the V from the name so we wanted to just keep that aligned and straightforward so that's why the the kind of the four and the five got then dropped from the naming convention it's a little insight into the branding <laughs> world <of Ilford>. so, <laughs> this is why we bring you here for these <laughs> fascinating little nuggets <laughs> so yes but people will refer to it as as multi-grade five and, and that's because we used the generation v um as part of the the launch that we did when we, we launched it and it is the fifth generation emulsion, so you're not far wrong, John. Yeah. Anyway, do, do, do you want to answer yeah. his question? Oh, anyway, back to the question. Yeah. I ignored the question. Sorry, what was the question? It's toning, wasn't it? Um, again, I'm thinking going back to, um, I haven't toned it myself, but going back to Lena's video, I think it is, she does some toning comparisons. Mm -hmm. And it appears to um, respond really well to both selenium, sepia. I mean, she did a few, and it really does respond well, it, respond, it seems to respond better than the standard multigrade, I think, was the the conclusion okay. she came to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it, do, it does look like it. I'd be interested to see what other people do with other toners that are available out there as well, you know, yeah. if they want to share the... I would imagine, yeah, the, with the toners, like the, the paper underneath must make quite a difference to that because it's kind of sitting on the paper then coming through i don't know i'm actually let, let's move past that because i'm going into realms of things i'm just talking out my <laughs> I think, butt i think it's generally very responsive to it i mean again the the kind of the best barometer to check is is lena's video that she put out um last week some point mm -hmm. last week um on on her channel on youtube um so you know she she's done a really kind of in-depth and really good comparison so you know, I, I think the results she got were, were fantastic. And I think we generally, when we, we launched the, the RC Deluxe paper, we were really, really pleased with how it toned. And that was one of the strengths of it. Mm. And obviously, Definitely. being that this is kind of related very heavily to that, that product, it tones, you know, equally well. So it's for, for an RC paper, yes, it's very responsive to it's responsive to toning. And that's some of the feedback we got from others as well, like Tim Woodman, um, yeah. even though he's not massively active on social media, he has a, a huge following on his mm. newsletters and on the website. And um, he tested this for us and was really happy with how it toned, because obviously his, he's known for toning yeah. and for that. So, and the same with the looks, yeah. yeah. So he's, uh, I don't know if he's done anything strange like tridolith or anything like that with it. Um, I've not seen anything on that, but 
as for straight tone and it does seem to take toner really well so has the um has the portfolio the portfolio papers existed before hasn't it yes mm-hmm. and it, is it just in the was it in the postcard range is that correct um portfolio existed as as a standalone product so it was previously multi-grade for portfolio but i think you know as i say what we've done then is is completely changed the emulsion so like we did with um generation four to five of the the standard rc deluxe so the, the normal weight base the this double weight one has had a completely new emulsion applied to it um so it is it's a new product in every sense other than the fact it is replacing that that previous product um, but yeah you are the, sorry, say John mentioned the postcard, oh, and that yeah. was mm. part of the of the previous range, and we've still got that same size available, mm-hmm. which is the ten by fifteen. The only difference now is they're not back printed, um, because to be honest, it's two lines, and it's much. We've put a template in there, so if people still want to use them as a postcard, they can. And at some point, we'll do a video, I'm sure, and on that, but. Yeah, I mean, they can still be used as a postcard. There's a template in the box showing you how to use it as a postcard, but they're not actually back printed anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a really smart way forward. And I know speaking to people who are fond of the postcard um, format, and like it, but they have said that sometimes the printing can be the thing that, if anything's going to be a bit wonky, it might be the printing um, on there. So be able to do that yourself and just get it on there for when you want it and not for when you don't seems like the perfect solution to that um yeah, I, in theory you can do it on on any uh you know the only uh the four by six inch or the 10 by 15 we we have in the multi-grid rc deluxe and portfolio so mm-hmm. they're the two that but you can do it on the the rc deluxe paper as well if you, you not post as nicely though is it with it no, no so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's why we've kind of kept that size in the range particularly because you know we we know a lot of people liked it um and it's a shame it, it couldn't have the back printing on but we think you know this is a kind of a a solution you know you draw you're writing on the back of it anyway just get a ruler draw a couple of of lines on leave space for a stamp and then you know you you know different yeah no that sounds good and you said you hopefully be posting a video up but you can do that with your 14 year old at some point matt you can knock one of those out you're at least 11. You can't draw a straight line. Still going. <laughs> well, I was hoping you might be able to do the drawing straight lines, but again, nah, seems like a yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's really good. And I think, um, I mean, obviously, for people who are printing professionally or who have reasons why they want to have um, this output for uh, their body of work, it's a perfect product. But also for people like myself who are just getting into printing and who, I mean, I'm very much enjoying using the Multigrade Deluxe. It's fantastic. Um, but there are times when you want to make something on a heavier weight paper. At the moment, um, the two, the sort of the two. I mean, putting aside all the old films that I'm burning just to practice, uh, that I'm picking up from eBay for buttons and then just going, well, let's be rubbish on this. But aside from that, the two fresh films I'm using are the Multigrade Deluxe and the RC Art, uh, not the RC Art, the two the MG Art paper. Yeah, and I mean, and I. I love the mg art paper it's a beautiful paper um but it is a premium paper so it's more expensive and it isn't running you know it is not um the same emulsion as is on the deluxe so you can't just go okay i'm going to take this here and use it so if you're going to make a good print you're having to do all the test strips do all the tests do everything on it and you're more conscious of well there's another 
two pounds worth of paper I've just <laughs> cut into sheets. You know, and it's and 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 particularly when you're the whole point that you're doing it is because you want to be making an especially good print, so you're going to be even more careful with it. So, as I said earlier, to be able to do all of that refinement on a paper that you're less worried about getting it right on, and then to just transfer that to either this fantastic new easy to use um, portfolio paper or onto the fiber paper that seems hugely valuable um, financially as much as anything it's uh, it's a really good move so. mm, I think one of the things that we're, we're trying to do in general is um, trying to encourage people to get in the dark room and, and print you know I think what we've seen I think we've probably mentioned this in the past but what we've seen over the years is a great resurgence in people picking up film cameras people shooting film um at the moment we're seeing the odd shoots of it here and there where you know people like yourself graham are creating their own darkroom space or, or kind of utilizing space that they can print um and what we want to do is just try and encourage that so putting out videos with, with your co-host rachel you know mm. trying to encourage people in there some of the simple you know basic techniques things like that that really will kind of get people um over the barrier that it's it's difficult to do or that it's time consuming. You know, I, I was in the office last week and I spent about an hour and a half in the dark room. Um, and to be honest, I've never really printed in all the years I've been at, at Ilford. So one of the things that I want to do this year, personally, not necessarily linked to work, is spend more time in the dark room and, and get printing. And I absolutely loved it. Mm. I'm not just saying I absolutely loved every minute of it, you know. <laughs> You should have seen it. That's good for those self-worth. You know, it's like I've, I've got some. I'm not going to show. I just, I was really kind of enjoying, it. and it's very, very addictive as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you can fly these bags. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if it wasn't for the fact that, um, you know, I just I had to come out and actually get on with some work as well. But it was just about making sure that you know I can I can do it and I can try it and I can talk about it. But I, I loved every second of it. So. It's one of those where we would always try and encourage people just to try it for themselves mm. and, and, you know, experience that because I think it's quite easy to get addicted to it. Um, mm. So, yeah. Give up and it's so, much, it's so easy to make a space into a dark room and something I've started seeing more on the social and on different <laughs> groups on Facebook, on Insta, even on Twitter is that, I'm sorry, I've just noticed the sun's coming through really brightly. Yeah, it's people saying, you know, oh, I've just, I've done, I've been talking about doing this for ages, I've converted my bathroom, the cupboard under the stairs, uh, you know, wherever, into a dark room, my kitchen, um, or the shed or something like that, you know, I'm really excited, I'm doing this, this and this, and and it's really good to see because, I mean, it's not that hard. If you've got a space, you can make light type. I mean, yeah, running water is great, but it's not needed as long as you've nope. got access to water. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely encourage people to give one it a of go. The, one There's of the friends of the show, Billy, he sent me a photo of his setup the other day, and he's 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 over in America, and he's got his under the stairs. He's got <laughs> two... It's got like two tables. What the lower one's got is a larger on. <clears throat> the higher one's got three trays, and that's it. And he's got a, a dunk to put to wash the prints in. So it's just yeah, you don't need much space at all. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've, I've seen a huge uptake. Like since the first lockdown, people are like, "Oh, I need a little project to do while I'm 
stuck at home and it's been the perfect thing for a lot of people is actually to make that leap and, and start printing yeah. Yeah. And it, that's it it's like matt says it's addictive you you, you know you'll start you'll make your first print and you'll look at it the first time you make and think that's brilliant mm-hmm. you'll look at it again three weeks later and think that's Mm-hmm. And you'll go back. And you'll, you'll you'll amend it, and you'll check. So bleep. You'll you'll amend it. You'll change it. You'll and I mean I can I've revisited the same thing time and time again. I mm-hmm. can change it every time, and I'll be happy with it one day. I'll look at it in a few weeks and go, oh, I could just you know burn a bit more sky in or do something to it. And I think that's the mm-hmm. nice thing. You can continuously evolve and change, and and depending on what paper you print it on, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you can see your own development as well. I mean, from going in the first time, as Michelle said, you can revisit your negatives and print different, and every print's unique, but you can almost then track your own yeah. progress and how well you develop it in there because, you know, learning through trial and error, there's, I mean, one of the things, unfortunately, at the moment, are things like community darkrooms are generally short. Colleges um, are, are typically closed where a lot of these courses happen. So there isn't necessarily the same access to learning that was before but that's why we're kind of kind of push more of this educational content onto to youtube as well and, and and why people like john and yourself that you know out there doing it and showing that you're doing is going to encourage more people as well so i think for me it's there, there is a, a resurgence coming i don't think it's anywhere near the same level as film yet but what we're hoping to see is that you know anyone that shoots film once they get the opportunity to go into the dark room that you know, they'll like it just as much, if not more, than they will the process yeah. of shooting film. Um, on the subject of uh, your education and your YouTube stuff, can we look forward to any more videos from a certain Ms. Brewster? Is that likely to be on the forthcoming? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there's some blank faces there. Well, we'll wait and we'll keep an eye on the YouTube channel. Um, we, have, we have a few ideas going, yes. So, I mean, the, we, we always have ideas for, for content, lots of ideas for various types of, of content that we'd like to do. I mean, one, one of the big challenges anyway from last year is, you know, being able to film in a, in a safe mm. environment. So, you know, the, that's one of the things we always have to keep in mind. Mm safety and, and all these other things when filming so yes we would definitely like to, to do some more so go and subscribe to our channel yeah. shame. john and i would like to put ourselves forward um for uh like a combo thing we've already got uh, dip and dunks darkroom adventures um i think that would be a big hit which one's dunk that's dip um one of the, like one of the things that is interesting to me about the home printing uh, part of film photography is that in some ways, in some quiet ways, it's actually more alive than the uh, photography side of it is because there are quite a lot of companies still making new equipment. So Patterson, I mean, obviously they make stuff for film developing stuff, but they're also still making all the stuff for printing. Um, Nova, who do you know, print washes and print developers, they've got a new line of stuff coming out this year. Um, you've got new enlarges still being made by companies like Kaiser, and I know there's other ones as well. Like There's new stuff being manufactured. Well, yeah. so it's, 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 it's probably worth pointing out, I had a conversation with um, Intrepid last week, and I don't think they'll, they'll shout at me for saying this, but they're about to bring out a new and larger. Mm-hmm. So, awesome. you know, um, I think that they've already announced it 
they haven't given much detail, so I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not broken any NDAs saying this, but oh, it's got a message from Max. Uh, he's really angry with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think the, the it looks great on paper. You know what it's trying to do? It's compact, and, and one of the benefits of you setting up a home dark room in a small space is that this is light is compact you can put it away mm. you can mount it on a copy stand or tripod but instead of like their previous one which is a back for their four by five this is geared towards 35 mil and 120 neg so um and i believe the price point is is very very affordable too so what that does as well as all the other brands that you said is it gives people who are wanting to set up at home all the necessary kit you can pick up and larger second hand obviously as well on, mm-hmm. on ebay and, and the like as well or through clubs and so on so you know the the number of excuses is getting less and less as to why we can't do it um you know and they say pats and make all the trays the kids we have bits and bobs that, that complement it as well all the chems all the papers and various things so yeah it's now is it is a great time to you know start going and have a go something just to jump back we're talking about community dark rooms and obviously they're not open at the moment um, one of the things we've got on the website is we've got a store finder and part of that is a dark room um, is for community dark rooms but what we're trying to do at the moment is populate it so I'd say you know if anybody knows of any community dark rooms please or if you have a community dark room send us the details and if it's not already on there and let us get it on there because the more we can get on there then obviously the easier it is for people to go and print when they're allowed to mm. and this can be all over the world I mean the the map's global, so right, the more we can get on there, the better. We want yeah. this to be the, the definitive darkroom finder for, for the entire world. So anyone that, that has a darkroom that they let out for commercial use, so not necessarily the, you know, your shed grain where you might let someone in and, you know. You guys are welcome any time. You only have no, to ask yeah, them. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to want to go in Graham's shed? <laughs> exactly. It's not an enticing prospect. But, hey. you know, <laughs> if you've got a community darkroom, you know, send us the details. We'll get it on there. And then hopefully then it just shows that there are these popping up in cities, towns all over the world. Um, you know, and some of them are, are very, very active. Some of them are on courses, classes, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Get them online, get them listed with us, and yeah, hopefully then we'll all kind of have this definitive uh, darkroom finder tool for people to use. Yeah, I and think... also share your pictures of your own darkrooms. We've got um, there's a gallery on the website too, which is my darkroom. So if people share their pictures on any social hashtag my darkroom, and um, and upload them to the website, then people can go there for inspiration. Mm. So, yeah, you know, share a picture of your shed and. I might just do that. I might just do that. Um, It gives people something to aspire to, doesn't it? Well, Yeah, it does. And also, I think it can help to see that you don't need a ton of room and you can just, you can, uh, as you were saying, John, about the way Billy's got his stuff set up, like, you just need to do it. And actually, in many ways, there's never been a better time for darkroom printing because the technology of the papers, all that stuff that you were saying earlier, Matt, which there were a lot of people, myself included, doesn't mean a great deal, but... What it means fundamentally is it's easier to get good prints from it. All that stuff about the separation yeah. between it means it's it's easier now to make good prints than it ever was before. Like I said before, you should I, go on marketing, Graham. You know that 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 kind of sums it up quite well in a nutshell. You yeah. know, it's easier to get better prints. 
Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I said that I, because I've just been looking for stuff to burn to to say to burn to use just to practice things like dodging and burnings. So I've been looking for this for cheap old papers at the moment, and and kind of accidentally, I've ended up with some um, graded paper and some old paper, and that stuff's it's a lot harder to get results that I'm happy with. Um, actually, because uh, you guys actually still sell graded paper don't you your ilfo speed ranges I, I was amazed to see that that is an extant range still is, is that yeah, still and, popular um not so much no i mean is the general gist of it there, there are people that that use it but i think now the way that the kind of the multi-grade papers have gone you know it's it's spelled the end for graded paper for for many people you can print multi-grade paper as a, as a effectively a fixed grade um paper anywhere as a single grade so um the the range that we've had has been narrowed over the years so i think we've got a fiber base and uh an rc base oil for speed and oil for brom um but i think they're only in one speed i think uh, there are two or three i, I forget one grade on the five and two grades on the oil for speed at the moment yeah so we, we don't get a lot of demand for it uh, at all but you know again that's why a lot of our effort goes into making sure that the multigrade papers are as good as they can be. So that's where we kind of, you know, if you think when we released the one last October, or the October 4, I should say, that that was kind of many years in the making just to make sure that this product with Bob on fit for, for the way people use it now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So what's next? What can we look forward to next? We could tell you, but then we'd have to shoot you. Well, so. good luck. I'm in my room. You can't get me. <laughs> <laughs> With your finger guns like your profile. <laughs> yeah, pow. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's uh, things in the um, yeah. There's a d d ongoing development and research is happening. Yeah. We can look forward to more stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the I think what we're trying to do with all things is make things accessible and you know easy. One of the things, just to touch on the printing side, actually, as well, is that we did a survey. I don't know, twelve months ago. Times time, a blur. I have no idea how long ago, but yeah. we, did, we did a survey purely about printing just to try and find out, you know, what's stopping people doing it or those that do it, what do they like about it? And so there were results. Obviously, this was a pre COVID survey, but they were really kind of interesting. And, you know, this is why we've looked to address some of the challenges that people were, were putting out. I mean, one of the things that people said that stopped them doing more printing was time. Time was the, the biggest factor, hmm. uh, and there's not a lot we can do about that, but that's why we've seen through various lockdowns that people are printing more because they suddenly have time. Space was the other thing, but you know, it's also that kind of perception of equipment availability hmm. or cost or various other things. So again, that's why we've been looking at, at a range of different things. So you know, one of the, the goals that we've got for we had it through last year as well, but certainly this year as well is making sure that um, people have access to dark rooms. People are more encouraged to print, so there's more educational content. The any of the kind of the obstacles or the blockers, we look for ways to remove them because we see print as every bit as important as you know film and capturing those images on film. So for us, the the two are, are kind of very much joined and, and, and equally as important. So. We're always committed to film, but we're equally as committed to, to paper and printing. So for, for us, you know, paper is always going to be and printing is going to be a, a big focus.
Mm. Um, getting back to what Michelle said earlier about being able to revisit old images and try them again. I, I've recently been going back through some of my old negatives and and trying to make prints from stuff. And I was um, very much reminded of a film that I really love that is no longer available, um, which is Fuji Neopan 1600. So if you happen to know of any firms that have any sort of relationship with Fuji that could maybe make a black and white film that they used to do, I don't know. It would be really handy. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, no, no. That's not, I, I didn't think you would, but I'm just saying if you okay. know of anybody who does, because that would be pretty no. great. Um, I mean, I know Fuji; they're fully into film at the moment. They're really leaning into it, pushing forward. On I, I would recommend um, using HP five push to sixteen hundred or about two hundred pulled. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will try one of those two things. Yeah. I I tried pushing some FP four okay. recently, and I it didn't. Sixteen hundred FP four. Uh, yeah, not to sixteen hundred, no, only to four hundred, but it it got a little right. contrasty. It probably wasn't helping yeah, I mean, that I just develop everything in, in basic. I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that will only shoot HP five at, at eight hundred, for example. But you know, something like um, HP five pushes very, very well. You know, better than any other film that that we have. Um, and and likewise, Delta thirty two hundred pulls very, very nicely. So you know, you, you've got two options there at sixteen hundred. Yeah. yeah, go go and do. I've shot FB four at sixteen hundred and it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you were having blue fits when I was shooting it at four hundred. Like, don't do that. You're, I, this is the problem, guys. I get the led problem with that is like, like you'd massively underexpose the image. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Let's move on. No pushing was going to say that. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, just want to very quickly touch on this. Um, because it's something that's been kind of talked about on social medias and whilst we've got you guys here, it seems sensible to ask you about it. Um, you have had a very small but a few issues with some of the roll film, um, particularly the very slow roll film. Fill us in on one, what the issue has been and where you're at with it. So we, we have, I mean, we first... Um noticing kind of a, an escalation, I guess you could say, uh, quite early last year. Um, so I think we, we put out a communication uh, March time, Michelle, if I'm, I'm wrong. Lockdown, I think it yeah. was. And then unfortunately, kind of straight away after that, um, we went in, into kind of lockdown. So things haven't moved as quickly as we'd like. But um, over the past year, effectively, we've been putting in a number of measures that where we're trying to look to address any concerns. Now, one of the, the challenges that, that we've got is that the number of complaints or the number of uh, people that have had this issue is very, very, very small. You know, we're talking way less than 1% of all role things made, probably even less than half a percent. Um, I don't have the number to hand to them. Maybe not quote me on that, but it is very, very small. So one of the things um, that we've obviously been trying to do is try and understand the cause but at the same time trying to put a solution in place. So what um, our R&D team have been doing is putting lots of different measures and, and make no mistake, this is their number one priority. So all the stuff with new portfolio and everything else, the the kind of um, the, the role film side of things is is very much being the, the kind of the priority. So, yeah, there's, there's been lots of different things that they've done. Um, and, and I guess one of the things that they've found and what we've noticed in terms of where the kind of the more issues come from, it's down to things like heat, humidity, to the, the temperature, how the film is stored. Um, and this goes to everything that how it's transported and not necessarily at the consumer end. 
So this is, you know, everything from the kind of humidity controls, both in production, in transport, um, in packaging, um, and then also the the kind of the, the date on it. So we, we have a, a kind of a shelf life of these products for, for a reason. So typically the you know, you get closer to that or beyond those sort of shelf lives, you're more likely going to see an issue. So again, with all things, you know, shoot fresh film, buy fresh film, um, you know, and keep that going and you know, process it well, keep it stored safe. But yeah, you know, the, it is still being looked at. Um, and I would say that, you know, that there are kind of measures already in place that we hope will have yeah. addressed yeah. most of the, the kind of issues people have had. But yeah, we, we will. It's an ongoing process, isn't it? There have yeah. been some incremental changes that that were that have been put into place already and, and are fed through, and people will be receiving stocks with some of those changes in the minor things. But any little improvement, uh, everything, you know, any improvement we make obviously feeds through, and then the next one and the next one. But it's like Matt says, it's it is the number one priority. We have a team that are doing nothing but, but uh, yeah. And it, I, I can understand how frustrating it must be for people who've had a batch and, a, and have had a chunk of what, you know, to them, a lot of films that have been ruined by this. But for us, when something is so um, intermittent, it's actually much harder to find yeah. a, a solution. Yeah. And <clears> 10 <throat> films that have been ruined, and for them, that is a massive number. You know, and it would be for me if I had 10 films with an issue, I wouldn't be happy. It's right. also our belief that it's not linked to batches either. So, right. you know, there's the, 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 the still a lot of, of unknown. And, and this is partly why when we um, went out to the public sort of in, in March time, and we've continued to do so, one of the things that we continue to reiterate is if you've had this issue, get in touch because, you know, then we can start building up a bigger and bigger picture of, of how prevalent it is, what countries it's in. We're seeing it more in in those kind of hotter, humid countries than we do um, in, in colder climates, for example. Not exclusively, but that's where we've kind of seen it more. So there, there's a page on our, our website with a form. So if anyone ever has the issue, don't think we're ignoring it. What we want to kind of do is build up more and more of a picture. We're still working on it every single day, um, and it's a case of as soon as we've got something, we can say and then then we kind of obviously will do but it's one of those at the moment it's it's incremental improvements to the robustness of the film various different things there's loads of stuff humidity controls um you know yeah, with dealers haven't we distributors dealers distributors for kind of how they ship the product because often once it leaves the factory it's out of our control they arrange the shipping so we've been kind of putting recommendations in on, on how product is shipped um so there's various different things so it's it's obviously it's a known issue we we are working on it but what i would say and what i'd encourage people is that it's still only affecting a very 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 small percentage of film so mm. you know if you store it well if you shoot in day um then you know i believe you shouldn't have any issues but that said there there is always a very minuscule risk that, that yeah. yeah, it could happen. But yeah, yeah, please, if you do, let us know. I mean, the, the website's ilfordphoto.com and it's forward slash product hyphen feedback. And there's a form on there. Just fill it in, send it to us, and we can we can look at it. Yeah. We can build a big picture. Yeah, yeah. that's thing would be useful to you as well, wouldn't it, having that information? And, I mean, it, yeah. it, I'm writing out that it, the 
line that, that's been primarily affected is the um, 120 Pan F. And the Pan F is a film which you've always made a point of saying, as we said earlier, shoot it fresh, use it quickly, because this film does not have a... You know, there's some films that people go, oh, look, this is 60-year-old film and it's still getting images, but Pan F is a very fine-grained film. It needs to be stored carefully and used promptly, because if you don't, take it from me, you get some real funky results if you leave <laughs> yeah, it in an old I mean, camera for three years. <laughs> Aleph's always been one that we've recommended. You know, we, we've always advised people that it, it, you know, the latent image can deteriorate if you don't develop it quickly. So, you know, it's it's one of those out of all the film, shoot it within its day mm-hmm. and develop it quickly after after shooting or process it quickly. Um, so, you know, that that's always been one. I mean, um, the the other one that I would say appears more as well is is FP4, but you know, these these are, are kind of ones that, that kind of are fp4 is obviously a more popular film so that's probably why that you, you might see it as a general percentage but you know it, it's one of those where it, it's highly regrettable we we hate it we shoot the film ourselves michelle and i now i shoot a lot of role film and i've never had any um issues but you know for those that do we, we obviously are, are really you know we sympathize we're, we're good for them because we know that when you take it it's what, sorry? We know how we feel. Mm. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be absolutely gutted. But I think, you know, we're just going to kind of assure people we are looking at this as a, as a priority. Um, so. I was just, uh, I was I was pleased to note that it wasn't my developing that messed up my roles. <laughs> because I was it, like, it, it, I, had, I had a couple of and roles that, that it happened to. And for ages, I was trying to work out where it was happening in my development process. And... I it, I was scratching my head for so long, and I was just like, "But this film's come out fine. It wasn't this one." <laughs> it's like, so ah, right. It's actually the film. <laughs> that we want. Yeah, so I mean, it, in some ways, so, it was a relief. It's so hit and miss, and I know we we've had um, a, a lot of nice feedback actually, because you know, the film community is is generally very positive and, and very responsive to you know these sort of things. So we've had a very um, we've had a lot of nice positive feedback. Obviously, people appreciate what we're trying to do and i think for us uh, the the wider the problem is in some ways the, the easier it might be to fix now we don't want the problem to be bigger than we believe it is but at the same time that unfortunately just slows down you know the the ability to fix it because um, it's trying to isolate that problem it's trying to recreate the problem and obviously then what we've got to do you know one of the, the challenges is heat humidity or one of the challenges is the the age of the film we have to, through um, our testing, try and replicate the age or replicate the heat. And those tests take time as well. So that's why people don't always, you know, they've not seen as much communication on it as we, we like to put out because those tests are always ongoing and they take time to, to kind of work through the system. Yeah. yeah. It's not like at the IKEA factory where they've got somebody simulating sitting on a chair a thousand times a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. Film. They've got, they've got no, Matt no. sitting on a roll of film a thousand times a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's yeah, all gone wrong because he's not been there sitting on the film. <laughs> we wouldn't put that one out. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> God knows how that would develop. Um, so, yeah. So it, it's been looked at, though, is, is the, as a priority, is the. Is a general answer, Graham. Yeah, no, but that's cool. Well, I said that's the main thing. You just it, you are all working hard, and as you said, it's your number one priority. And um, yeah, it's... and as I say, just to reiterate, we believe you know there, there have been um, incremental improvements made to you know 
all of the kind of the robustness of all the films mm. and, and everything else. So we, we think it should be less and less and less. But again, you know, unless people report them in and tell us the issues um, through through that web page Michelle mentioned, that's the only way we'll ever kind of know if we've, we've actually conquered the, the problem or not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, let, let's wrap up on happier notes. You Let's get back to the portfolio paper, the Elford MGRC <laughs> portfolio. John, put the thing up quickly. <laughs> Yeah, stop that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've said that this stuff is rolling out quite quickly. Now, I had a look on your website last week when the announcement went out, and at that point you only had uh, the 8x10 on there. Um, how quickly is stuff coming online? How quickly are people going to be able to get all the different sizes, et cetera? And very quickly, yeah. I was going to say, we should have the 10 by 15s, 100s, the 8x10, 100s, and the 11 by 14s, 50s should all be there any time. They might not be quite there at the moment. I might have to go and refresh the back of the website. But <laughs> they were made, yeah, they, they were finished last week. Those those so, sites, so they're, they're all made. And then they're within the next week. Hopefully, we'll start shipping their way around the world. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Uh, I don't know about you, John. I'm really looking forward to trying this paper out. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to wasting yeah. some of it onto my terrible pictures. Uh, but I'm guessing <laughs> you'll hopefully. So, John, like, where will this fit into your workflow? Oh, I, I have to wait and see. <laughs> wait and see how like sturdy it is. I can. It potentially might replace my deluxe papers, depending on price point. Um, like my the deluxe paper, I tend to just use for personal work now. So it depends. <laughs> it, it, it it depends if I can kind of what what the but where does it sit kind of price wise. It is more expensive than RC Deluxe. I don't yeah. think necessarily drastically so, but it's um, it's, it's definitely because it's a, a premium product price higher than that. So again, you know, it, it kind of depends on where you do. We we see this as a as a paper that you would use for for special prints, for example. But again, yeah. we know that with a lot of printers, they will only use this product. So it, it kind of it really depends on you as a as a kind of individual. But in terms of its uh, robustness, I think. Shoot film like a boss described it as a as a wobble board. Started, uh, <laughs> you know, flapping it around. It is it is a good sturdy. It feels like a stick. I mean, it's paper. So it's hard. I guess the, the different does it? Can you roll it? Because I roll like my fiber and my resin coated prints to ship sometimes. Whereas Depends that's what size it is. I mean, if it's a big enough size, it <laughs> should roll. Really okay. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you're rolling a four by six, it, it might not be uh, as forgiving. But you know, I, I don't know. I've never tried it. John is the the honest answer. But it's it's the can't same base not. weight as fiber. So again, yeah, can't see why not. Can you? Think, yeah, some of our fibers are three twenty. This is two fifty five. So it should roll. Mm. Mm. Can you can you crumple it into a ball? Because a lot of my prints I crumple into a ball and <laughs> throw in the bin. Does it does it crumple well? It actually have... doesn't like being crumpled too well. In fairness, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually too robust. Don't my tiny weak yeah. hands will be struggling to crush yeah. it. Um, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an absolute delight, as always, to catch up with you. And I'm glad that you're both keeping well and at least borderline sane at home. I suppose you, at this point, have no idea. You were saying earlier, Matt, that you are getting into the office one day a week or so. 
any yeah. idea how long before any kind of normality returns for you when you can get back in there properly? It, it really depends. I mean, obviously in the UK now we're in lockdown three, I think, which you know doesn't show any signs of going away anytime soon. So I think for for us the the general principle is we we can go in if we need to go in there's a kind of a rotor that we can use if we want to or need to be in the office for for anything um but i think obviously we want to make sure that production are kept as as isolated so the manufacturing the the engineering the uh, the warehouse those teams are just kept as safe and isolated as possible so for example michelle and i we can work at home so we, we are doing so we only go in if necessary really I can't see that changing anytime soon. You know, I think it, it's down to the government more so than it's, it's down to us, I think. <laughs> Weird. Blame Boris. Blame Boris. <laughs> uh, and Michelle, on the social media, which you look after all of the social media, very important to notice. You do a very good job of it. Um, you still doing uh, the Friday, uh, the, what's the correct hashtag? Friday favourites. Friday favourites. Yeah. We're still doing Friday favourites and we've had um we've been really lucky because people have been fantastic and have created some amazing content for us from guest blogs to how I got this picture. Um there was a recent new video in the My Film Story series on YouTube from um a guy called Simone Morelli, um, who's based in Rome and uh, he's a street photographer and he, he has some really nice shots on there as well. So we've been really looking um in the amount of content we've been able to put out and share. Um, Friday favourites is always popular, um, and a different, obviously different themes each week. So if you look at the latest post, you can see what's coming up for the next few weeks. Um, we'd love people to shoot fresh every week and develop, but obviously that's not going to happen. So, so yeah, we, we usually find that people, if they can see something coming up, they can dig out some necks, they can scan them, mm -hmm. or they can print them um, and share them with us. I mean, the other um, things that we we do try to fairly regularly do is we'll update uh, the headers on the website and we're still doing the uh, in focus interviews mm -hmm. so, which started originally almost 12 months ago now as the lockdown sessions where we first went into lockdown and we've just done our 31st interview so it's awesome with David Collier, so and they're great we, we've learned so much about some people you know a lot of people in the community and what's good about them is every time we have somebody on they nominate somebody else so mm -hmm it's hopefully self-fulfilling and we can keep going with those so that's awesome that's awesome well there you go follow ilford photo on twitter and instagram matt where are you you're on both of those things aren't you yes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if anyone would want to, to follow me but yeah, um, of course they do i'm matt parry photography on on instagram and matt parry photo i think on twitter that's so, not your film account matt oh no yeah matt, matt parry photo film my film pictures get it right yeah. so you know i mean probably a little bit quiet at the moment while she's not doing so much traveling has that's been good yeah, tales I mean, for you? that's the thing i was i was trying to work out i'd shot i don't know i normally shoot about 80 to 100 rolls a year i probably only shot about 40 last year so not bad you know, <laughs> given what last year was bad, but, you know partly not you know <laughs> getting abroad because i tend to shoot mainly when i travel but yeah it was it's still nice to get out and about shooting locally Maybe not this time of year, but it's <laughs> yeah. Um, John, before we let them escape, is there anything else you want to? Any other curveballs you want to throw at them at the last minute to make them uncomfortable? <laughs> Has anyone found the winning ticket yet? Oh, oh good question. question. No. What do you yeah. mean? 
we're doing that. Right, this is my thing. At the moment, we, we keep saying to people, oh, I've got some of that in my freezer. Open it. <laughs> Open yeah. the tub. If you've got a 35mm film in your freezer with the 140 or a 120 film with the 140 logo on the box, in the 35mm, Open the box, open the tub, have a quick look in. You can put it back in your freezer. In yeah. the 120 film, just open the box because it'll be outside the foil. Yeah. It only runs until June. June. So I think, yeah, the, the deadline for the, the prize is June. Now, obviously, the, the prize was a really, really big one, you know, a trip to, to see us, which people can't necessarily do at the moment anyway. <laughs> so if you... Not really want to do anyway, but... No, so yeah. if the prize is found before, then we'll honour it. But obviously, it after june the prize technically expires so we probably couldn't offer that same prize but we will still if someone finds it do something but we'd like to give the big when. prize it depends when but we'd still <laughs> like to give the big prize away so obviously get looking we want it found before june well it definitely go out i didn't did the ticket definitely go out did like somebody actually put it in like, uh, have you got a photo of somebody putting the ticket? No, because what, what we didn't want to know is which film it went into. Um, so we, we we know it went in because it was done in, in finishing, but purposely Michelle and I didn't want to know which film it, it went into. So there was only 12 different SKUs, so 12 different product lines it, it could go into, and there are 12 most popular film products. Um, you know, we, we know it went out the door, I don't know, Earlyish last no not last year was it no year before. Before. year before so it is out there somewhere you know I you know, that packaging stopped being used in September 2019 and we've sold a hell of a lot of films since so yeah go and have a look at that in twenty years time yeah 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 that's oh uh, I'm just waiting for you to get back into the office and feel yeah. like open the drawer and go. Oh no, it's in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely not the case. It is out there somewhere. Well, there you go. I know we've said this before. Open open all of your film, pull out all the reels. It, it might be hidden inside the card. <laughs> yeah, it's between the, the wrapper and the film on a 120. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, um, okay, guys, well, we'll let you go now. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a delight. And um, it's just great to hear that things are trucking along as always. Elford, uh, and the new paper is a really fun development and hopefully it won't be long before you're back on here with more news right guys hopefully yeah hopefully that'd be nice this dropped Ooh. nicely out of the blue so that's always good well um we will leave you be we'll be back later in the week listeners with your regularly scheduled sunny 16 podcast with special guest this week nikki cooley which i'm really looking forward to so until then thank you very much everyone for joining us and goodbye thanks very much